Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And why do you have a dead monkey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In addition to all like all like the the Sutra Tower and Cliff House stuff, you have Ross's monkey from Friends here. Is that part of it? Welcome to Total SF, Heather Knight, and our secrets of the Cliff House episode. I am so excited for this. We got to go to the museum at the cliff and see a bunch of history with Western Neighborhoods Projects. Nicole Meldal. Yes, and it was the unusually beautiful, clear, sunny, warm day out at the ocean. It was amazing. Amazing. I only know the Cliff House as the Cliff House. I got super sad when they took that sign down. And what we went into was the old gift shop. I was kind of a little bit, like, depressed going over. Like, am I going to feel really sad about this, this place that's gone? I feel like we went to a place that's in the process of being reborn. Yeah, we were expecting to see lots of fleece sweatshirts that say I Heart SF, but we did not. <laughs> we saw even cooler things, um, lots of artifacts from the old Cliff House, and it was great to see that they're trying to preserve the feel and the history of the space. So the Chronicle's written about this preservation effort. It was a grassroots effort. Nicole is working with Alexandra Mitchell from Act Art Conservation and John Lindsay of the Great Highway Gallery. And they did this incredible auction, raised money, and got all of these really interesting items that we got a little tour. And there was some fun stuff there, including, and we mentioned this way too much during the episode, a dead monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you were insisting on referring to it as a taxidermy monkey, but to me it was just a dead monkey. Yeah, and that is actually not part of the Cliff House collection. It was something that was uh, a gift. It's explained in the episode. We'll get to the dead monkey. (laughs) But um, the very important thing is that this museum is open by, like, the rules it's free to everybody. You can come in anytime, Thursday through Sundays, 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. It's going to be open through April. There's an art exhibit next door. You might get a beautiful day, to Highly recommending people check this out. Yes, and especially if you can um, pair it with a walk or a bike ride on the closed Great Highway on a holiday or weekend. That's a fantastic idea. Nicole Mildahl coming up. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Nicole Meldahl, welcome to Total SF, and uh, thank you for inviting us to the Cliff House on what in recorded history is the greatest weather day (laughs) in Cliff House history. 100% uh, agree, yeah. (laughs) We are in the gift shop. I mean, I walked in, I expected piles and piles of sweatshirts for all the people who are coming here and misjudge the weather, although today they wouldn't need it. Um, You have transformed this place. This place looks looks just excellent. Thank you. I it's uh, it's been a labor of love and I have I haven't slept for two months. I haven't slept for two months. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even even say sleep anymore. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
Well, we'll talk about the collection in a minute that we're surrounded by right now, but um, I'd like to hear your own Cliff House experiences. Do you remember the first time you came here and your kind of early memories of the Cliff House? You know, uh, the dirtiest secret I have is that I'm from L.A. originally. What? I know. It's okay. I know. You know, everyone always says that I'm forgiven since I'm doing so much for San Francisco history now, which I really appreciate. Um, But my my strongest memory for the Cliff House is actually kind of a bittersweet one. Um, My mother and I came here for dinner. It was about two weeks after my, my grandmother passed away, and the next day I was going in for surgery. And um, and my mother has since passed away, too. Mm. So uh. this was the place she was like, I'll take you anywhere you want to go for your last supper. And I wanted to come here and sit and look out over the ocean and have Chiapino and a glass of wine. And um, I, yeah, that's just burned into my memory. I'm, I'm sure it's burned in a lot of memories of people who come here. Were you a frequent guest before, uh, I guess we'll call it the end of the cliff house, during the <laughs> pandemic, the letters came down, which is really, I, I really noticed, I miss the letters too. Were you a frequent guest here or occasional? You know what? I would meet uh, Woody LeBounty, who uh, you know founded our organization. We would come here for jazz. Uh, so we'd have wine and jazz and french fries. But um, I must admit, I didn't come here for dinner a lot. It's more of a special occasion place. And I think that's also what we're hearing from a lot of folks who come in and share so many memories with us. Help us put the importance of this area in context. What was this part of town like in the late 1800s when Adolf Sutro was still alive? Um, In the late 1800s? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, it was... It was a windswept, beautiful landscape. Um, This has been a really special place that people have been coming to. I mean, all the way back to the Yalamu, who uh, used this as sort of a a transitory, migratory hunting area. Um, And when Adolf Sutro got here, there was one, there was a small cliff house here, um, which had been built in 1863, and it had kind of a bad reputation. Um, he bought the, the what's now Sutra Heights, um, and of course turned that into his home, and um, with palatial gardens filled with statuary, some of which we have on display here. Um, so bad reputation. I just got to go back. Because yeah. usually that, to me, in San Francisco is code for brothel. Yeah. I mean, there were just brothels everywhere. What, what was the bad reputation? Was it? <laughs> well, we like to say the first thing Adolf did was uh, remove the locks from all of the um, private rooms upstairs and pull out the chaise lounges. Oh. So, so you Peter's know. guess was correct. A hundred percent correct. This was a road. <laughs> this was a roadhouse. You know, like several roadhouses all up and down the area. Um, it took a long time to get out here uh, when Adolf Sutro first arrived, which is why he built transit, uh, affordable transit out here, so that maximum number of San Franciscans could enjoy the same place that he was enjoying. Um, but yeah, and what's incredible, and we sort of talk about this and, and have a display here, is that people came out to an area that wasn't that built up. Adolf Sutro built an incredible number of structures, massive structures, and they're all gone now. And the area has sort of returned to what it was when Adolf Sutro first arrived. So there's this wonderful, like, non-linear aspect of time. Even though you see all the things that happened here over time, we've sort of gone back to net zero. It's beautiful. Hmm. And how did the Cliff House evolve as it burned down and then was rebuilt? <laughs> so, yeah, it um, the first iteration burned on Christmas Day in 1894. The second massive, I think everyone's favorite cliff house, the giant like chateau style that Adolf Sutro built, that survived the earthquake and fire, 
to burn down in 1907. And then the third one was built after Adolf Sutro's lifetime by my favorite Sutro personally, uh, Dr. Emma Sutro Merritt, who is awesome, one of the first female physicians in California. And she built the thing so it would never burn down. Um, it's, it's also more restrained than her father's approach. I think she was the most practical Sutro. His was like, that's the big Victorian that looks like, like vampires live there. Cliff House, correct. 100%. And the Cliff House that we have today, or at least the historic part of it, which opened in 1909, um, that's Emma's Cliff House. And she built it out of reinforced steel and concrete. And it did. It survived. Emma's thinking ahead. I mean, you're in San Francisco. There are earthquakes. There are fires. There are people coming to the roadhouse with uh, getting drunk, you know, <laughs> lit match, anything can happen. <laughs> it's so, true. Emma Sutro, and, and what's, I'm sorry, tell me again, her relation to... Oh, it's his that, daughter. His daughter. Yeah, okay. and um, he, she actually became the executor of his estate afterwards, and, you know, bless him. He had a lot of great ideas, none of which really made any money, aside from his tunnel, which made him all the money. Um, but so she dealt with, you know, he was, she was land rich and cash poor, and she had to figure out what to do with the Sutro Baths and the Cliff House. And, uh, yeah, she spent the rest of her life sort of sorting through her father's legacy. Yeah. Well, maybe if the school board does insist that Sutro Elementary change its name, it should be Emma Sutro. Emma Sutro. Love it. Let's do that. Oh, yes. love it. We're pushing that. I yes. mean, when I say let's do that, I mean like Heather and I, like our full-time jobs now are to write <laughs> articles of, in the Chronicle to get uh, Sutro High School? Elementary Elementary. School? Yeah. Elementary. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to do some more research since <laughs> this is going to be our full-time job. Didn't we also say our other full-time job is getting Lefty O'Toole into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Yeah. We've yeah. got a lot of we got a lot, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know, you know, newcomers to San Francisco, you mentioned this is an isolated space. Mm-hmm. There was Sutro Baths on one side and there was an amusement park on the other. What was the timeline for that? Playland at the Beach, um, which is what we all know uh, it as, that kind of had its first start in the 19-teens, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, starting out as more of a restrained shoots at the beach. Again, uh, off and on, especially through Prohibition, had kind of a mm, questionable reputation at times. But um, it was eventually purchased by George Whitney and his brother Leo, who would go on to own almost the entire strip here. So they it had it had a roller coaster. It had all kinds of things, kind of Santa Cruz Beach boardwalky. Lots of places to get something to eat, like the the, the hot house where you could get mm, uh, tamales that maybe weren't super authentic, but were yeah. beloved by San Franciscans. And then the Whitney's eventually bought the Cliff House and eventually bought the Sutro Baths as well. Hmm. Nice. Um, so it's gone now. I think this spot becomes more important than ever. And then during the pandemic, uh, it shuts down. The longtime owners, 30 years, 30 plus years? Yeah, the Hontalis family. Yeah, so they've been stewards for it. It's kind of the white tablecloth and come and get some seafood and get a great view place. But they're leaving and this collection comes up. Tell me how you found out there was a Cliff House collection and at what point did you and your crew spring into action? (laughs) Um, Well, oh gosh, how to tell this origin story in a really succinct way. Um, So the Cliff House crew is Alexandra Mitchell of Act Art Conservation and John Lindsay who runs the Great Highway Gallery on Lawton. And we all lived or worked in the sunset, and we'd heard it was closing, we'd heard the stuff was going up for auction, and Alex actually contacted John to say, oh my god, we, 
we can't let this happen. Um, and initially that was in response to a GIF he shared that showed a giant Taco Bell sign in place of the Cliff House sign. And <laughs> she thought it was real and was like, oh my God, no, this can't be a Taco Bell. Um, and he went, no, no, it's a joke. But, um, but Maybe it could be a Beeps Burgers offshoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for that. Uh, I would love to see any kind of uh, hot dog, corn dog, hamburger situation return. But yeah. Um, but anyways, I had we had been in contact with John over over time, just no uh, acknowledging that we were both doing good things in the neighborhood, but not quite finding the right thing to work on together yet. And um, then we heard about the auction, and we we found kind of the project that we all could work on together. And Alex knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who was connected to the auction house so we were able to get in to see the pieces early and then the Hontalis family um, we reached out to their longtime Western Neighborhoods Project members and so they helped us identify the truly historic special pieces um, so that we could focus what we thought was going to be a really maybe a couple thousand dollars we could all fundraise together but we sort of hit the magic uh, combination of three different, very different communities, a fine art conservation community, contemporary art gallery community, and history nerds. And then the Cliff House is just so special and is such an emotional pull for so many people. We raised over $150,000 in three weeks. Wow. And, and I remember that. <laughs> I mean, you, this, this, um, this fundraiser is getting pushed really heavily. Um, and this is for the Huntalis family have a bunch of the collection, like original artifacts from the Sutro era, they're just holding on to them and they're ready to let them go. Yeah, they, you know, this isn't the first time the Cliff House things, historic artifacts in the Cliff House went to auction. There was one in the 70s too when after the, well, George Whitney died and it kind of turned over then. Um, but yeah, there are pieces that came with the property. There are pieces that have wandered in over time. Um, you know, they would get solicitations all the time. Do you want to buy this? Or I bought this at the gift shop you know, 50 years ago. It feels like it should go back to that place. So not everything that was in the Cliff House went up for auction. But, um, but I know the Hontalis family kept some things. But, um, but yeah, a lot of the pieces did. So we were able to get all of the big ticket items that we wanted. Not, not everything, but at least a representative sample. We'll be right back after this short break. So you have $180,000 for the auction, but you can't buy everything. No. Um, I, I'm imagining like a sitcom going on here. <laughs> what, what was your auction strategy and what was that like? Because you don't have a huge auction background. I'm not trying to... No. How rude. <laughs> no, uh, this was my first auction ever, and it was online because pandemic. So I had all these romantic visions of someone handing me like a very attractive paddle, and like I would be able to, you know, uh, jump up victoriously. It wasn't like that at all. Everything for the auction was listed, and then you could put in your maximum bids. And it started like, you know, the buzzer went off and you started on the first one and people put in their bids and then the shot clock started. But then the next one, the shot clock started before that one was done. So, and every time someone put in a bid, it reset, it added like a couple more seconds or whatever to, so I'm like looking at several different things. Arnold's behind me going, okay, uh, max bid, don't go over this amount of money because we only had so much money to spend and we were trying to, anyways, it was pandemonium. I have, I almost had a heart attack like five times. I never want to go through this again, <laughs> ever. 
Um, I, I read in um, our, I think it was our colleague Matthias's story that um, you were like yelling abort at certain points, <laughs> abort, abort. I mean, like it was like a, a moon landing or something. It was, it was, yeah, we, <laughs> again, I don't ever want to go through that again. <laughs> Did, did you find that $180,000 didn't go quite as far as you thought it would? Yeah, we thought we'll be able to buy the whole thing, right? Like, but <laughs> um, matchbooks were going for like $1,000. These are like matchbooks that you can buy for $5 on eBay at any given time. So granted, they came out of the cliff house. They are a little more special. But yeah, we were, I pff, flabbergasted. Um, so you showed us around the collection before we started recording, and um, these swimsuits are kind of crazy. They look so tiny, but you said they're for men? They're for men, yeah. I think men were smaller back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> A lot smaller, apparently. I would definitely rip it if I tried to put it on now. Yeah. And then there was also a menu from a Teddy Roosevelt. <gasps> oh, gosh. I'm such a Teddy Roosevelt nerd. Um, please don't send me an email about this. He's actually the screensaver on my cell phone. Really? Um, yeah. No, no joke. Here. Oh He's God. really? Yeah. Please take a photo, Wait, Heather. hold on. And this is a photo that we've hung in the bathroom at the Western Neighborhoods Project office. So I've been told he stares at you when you pee. I don't know. I'm not facing that direction. Um, yeah. His eyes tend to follow you. But yeah, so this is a piece Mary Hontalis made sure that we got. He, she, she was, because I walked in when we were reviewing the pieces and the auctioneer said, oh yeah, we've got some menu from some presidential luncheon. And I was like, which one? Was it Taft? Was it Taft? Was it Roosevelt? Was it Garfield? Oh my God, tell me it's Roosevelt. <laughs> and so, and it's, it's beautiful. We don't have the original on display here, but um, what's incredible about this menu, besides the wackadoo things they were serving the president, like essence of chicken in a cup, oh. which has to be <laughs> what broth. Is that? What is it essence of chicken in a cup? Broth? broth? I have no idea, but um, it's got beautiful golden poppies on it, and it's it's tied together with orange, you know, ribbon that's gorgeous. And what's even more awesome is we have a photo of the luncheon room on OpenSF History set up awaiting his arrival, and you can see one of these menus set at each of the place settings, and the table's huge and strewn with poppies as well. And then we found an, an article, um, actually I found this on uh, the website cliffhouseproject.com, which has been run by Gary Stark for years, and he just transferred that um, to Western Neighborhood projects care so that we can keep it going for the next 30 years um yeah, there's an article that's t that talks about what he ate and what he said and how they specifically placed him so he could look out the windows and see uh. seal rocks and the ships coming in because of course as a former assistant secretary of the navy he really liked ships so yeah that that was like deep nerd um excitement for me <laughs> to acquire that piece for us so tell us about the monkey. Um, <laughs> and why did you bid on the monkey? Yeah, and how, oh. much, how much did the monkey cost? So we didn't buy the monkey. Uh, the monkey's okay. from the National Park Service's collection. They just threw in the monkey? <laughs> <laughs> well, the museum here isn't just what we acquired at auction. Gotcha. Um, our auction pieces are displayed alongside pieces from the National Park Service collection. Um, I worked with the National Park Service for a really long time, about mm, 15 years off and on. 
in it with their museum program. And I knew they had tons of great stuff like this monkey. Um, and they don't have a formal museum. Six million artifacts. They don't actually have um, like a dedicated space to display them. So um, <laughs> immediately, so John Martini helped us pick out all of the items from the National Park Service collection he thought would work well with our auction pieces. John Martini, former Total SF yeah. uh, guest. <laughs> he, a former military uh, historian and curator at the GGNRA, Golden Gate National Recreation Area, as well as a park ranger. He also was a ranger at the Teddy Roosevelt Historic oh. Home. So <laughs> we can act on a lot of levels. You talk about Teddy Roosevelt like I talk about Star Trek IV. Oh my god. Yes. This, yeah. But I don't mind the Teddy Roosevelt obsession. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, so the monkey, um, Adolf Sutro collected a lot of taxidermy. He had a lot of taxidermy on display. But the monkey is the convergence of several stories here. So he's the perfect um, museum piece for us because we have to pack a lot of information into a small space. So he tells the story of Adolf collecting all this random taxidermy. We have the story of um, the fact that he had pet monkeys and I just recently learned, shout out to the Sutro Library, that his favorite pet monkey was named Jack. Mm. <laughs> and um, also it tells the story of renovating the Sutro Baths to kind of keep it fresh and encourage people to come and spend money there because the place never made a profit. And so they gave it a tropical beach theme and they covered up some of the pools which were not very popular over time. And they put this stuffed monkey we have um, up in a palm tree to like give it a real authentic tropical vibe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's the little monkey from the Golden Gate National Recreation Area collection. So tell us the details, how can people see this collection and for how long? So we're totally free. You don't have to make an appointment. Just stop on by 11 to 4 p.m. Thursdays through Sundays through early April. And in December, December 4th, we'll be unveiling a really special um, piece by artist Ben Wood. He's a projection artist, and we're working with the Prelinger Library, who will digitize any of your film that you have. Do you, If you have memories of the Cliff House, if you took film out here, you can send them to us. The Prelinger Library will digitize them for free, which is a really expensive service normally. And then he's gonna project all of these animated archival resources out the back three windows of our little museum. Oh, wow. So we'll have a big unveiling, details to come December 4th, but um, it'll be free and open to the public in the evenings. And we're doing this kind of installation um, monthly. It'll change, the subject matter will change monthly. And in the meantime, Thursday through Sunday? Correct. 11 a.m.? to 4 p.m. I know 11 a.m. because there were people knocking on the door <laughs> at 10.30. So. We, we've been, it's been such an honor to be here and be part of this history and folks have been so great. They literally like, you know, burst down our doors in the morning and we tend to stay open a little bit later if, if we're full and people are engaged, so. Yeah. So um, I know it's separate from what you're doing here, but do you have opinions you, Nicole, about mm. the Cliff House and what should become Aww. of it. Do you have hopes about what the next stage is for the Cliff House? Because we don't know. I mean, it could go in a few different directions. Yeah, um, what are my personal hopes for it? I hope it's a restaurant again. As much as I would love to continue to tell the history of this place in this place, 
um, which we're open to, um, by the way, National Park Service. But um, I hope it's a restaurant again. I hope this continues to be a place where San, Francis San Franciscans gather and make memories uh, like they have since 1863. I do hope it's more affordable and more approachable. This should be a place that everyone feels comfortable in. I hope there's um, uh, different offerings. There, at one time, there was a you know a corn dog place called Pronto Pup. There were things like that that you could do here that that you didn't need to make a San Francisco salary to afford. So I hope there's a more diverse range of offerings out here. I, I think we're all aligned on yeah, this, Heather. Sure. I mean, I know that's pretty close to exactly what you would like to see. Yeah. I'd love to see like Beeps or other local yeah. places like have kind of like a food court setting here. Um, have you been to La Cocina in the Tenderloin? Because it could be no. sort of similar. Like, oh, you know what? I met her at an Office of Economic and Workforce Development meeting. Okay. Um, one of the women who've been working really yeah, hard yeah, on yeah. that. So yeah. 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 Like different local chefs could all be working here. Yeah. I feel like um, Louis over there, I would love that to see that come back as Louis. Like, someone else come in and have it be a diner and a place where you can go and make memories and have those kinds of traditions. I love what they did here for 30 years. Like, I'm grateful to that family yes. for having a white tablecloth place that can build those kind of memories. I'd like to see something else. I, I almost think like the model for um, the ferry building, and this isn't my idea, it was Richie Nakano first came <laughs> up with it, but I'd love to see different places coming in here that represent the city in different ways, and as you said, affordable. Because I didn't come out here. I mean, I we Heather and I came here for stories, and if there was like someone from out of town that wanted to see the Cliff House, I'm like, sure, I'll go out there for a, you know, a, that experience but i'd love to see like just a more diverse crowd here um in in terms of age and just t the types of people that are coming here than just that kind of mostly older crowd that are reliving something that it's a precious memory but yeah and i don't you know who knows if it'll be called the cliff house that's something complicated we don't need to get into but um i can tell you we are open to returning some of these pieces back to the place if whoever takes it over is mindful that it's um, fragile history and um <laughs> should be taken care of as such so we'll see what comes next all right well fingers well, crossed yeah well you survived the serious questions and now it's time for the lightning round <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> Where's your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Oh my gosh, El Burrito Express on Terraval. Nobody has ever answered it that quickly. <laughs> Half the people don't even know the name of the place, and they think about it. If it's a politician, they think, what burrito is going to get me elected? <laughs> anyway, sorry. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, um... <laughs> the Age of Adeline. <laughs> oh, I've never even seen that. Oh, my God. Mm. Yes, you need to see it. That's okay. great. What, what's the general plot? What year? I don't, I've never heard of this either. <laughs> the general I'm sorry. plot is um, Blake Lively. Stay with me here. Blake Lively. Um, it's, it's deep San Francisco history. Harrison Ford's in it. Um, Blake Lively. I've never heard of this. Oh, my gosh. Was oh. this like straight to video? Like what? <laughs> Chelsea's selling this one's for you. He's, she's going to laugh so hard. Um 
So Blake Lively is married to one of the engineers on the Golden Gate Bridge in the 1930s who dies tragically because of course. And then she's um, going up to meet her family in Marin and there's um, some very pseudoscience-y thing. Lightning strikes, her car crash, and she never ages again. So it fast forwards to contemporary times where she's like, um, like a librarian who has to continually outrun the federal government who's like trying to run tests to figure out why she isn't aging, right? Um, and it's a love story and um, Harrison Ford factors into this love story, but um, <laughs> How have I never heard of it's this? It's so good! Yeah, I feel right now like I went to outer space and then came back and like 10 years went by and you're describing to me a movie that just happened. I'm sorry. I ruined the lightning round again, Heather. I apologize. No, Chelsea, uh, my best friend Chelsea calls it the unauthorized story of Nicole Meldahl. (laughs) It's like, it's everything I wish would happen in my life besides being alive for like 100 years. Wow. That seems terrible. Where's your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Oh, Specs. Specs Bar. What was the last book you read? The last book I read... um, uh, was well, I, I've, I've been reading two at the same time. Um, Shaping the City about the Municipal Art Society in New York City, Nerd Alert, <laughs> and Deeper Nerd Alert, um, a biography of Thomas Jefferson. By Not Joseph Teddy Roosevelt. L. No, I read that years ago. <laughs> um, I, but I'm reading up on all the founding fathers to understand how our country came to be right wow. now. So, what's your favorite piece of Cliff House trivia? <laughs> Um, I don't know if this is Cliff House trivia, but Adolf Sutro is known for having these mutton chop sideburns his entire life. And the reason why he has that is because it hit a scar that he got in a knife fight Whoa. as a trader in uh, downtown San Francisco. That is a that good is great trivia. trivia. <laughs> We've never had good. mutton chops on the podcast. No, no, that's great. Um, if you had a time machine that could visit any time in San Francisco, this relates to the movie, what year and location <laughs> would you go to first? Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is so hard. Um, <laughs> uh, time machine. Um, I would probably... I would probably come out to see, so Ansel Adams, um, more trivia, Ansel Adams uh, grew up on the west side. He grew up here in the Richmond district. And I think that the, the, the natural beauty of this place that brought him into the world as a photographer, as well as Willard Warden, another one of uh, an exceptional photographer, to see this place in its natural sand duned like purity, I would have loved to see that. Hmm. So this is like 19... 1915. Interesting. Last question. What is one thing you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? (laughs) Why is wine the first thing that I think (laughs) of? Um, I always call my boyfriend at night. We always uh, text each other good morning and good night. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. I love hanging with you guys. And I have to say... um, I'm sorry that we LA shamed you <laughs> because you're you're like one of the most San Francisco people I've ever met just Aww. hearing you talk and all your information so um, anyway I hope people come out the Cliff House Thursday through Sunday open through the first week of April 2022 awesome so come and check it out there's so much to learn here and you have volunteers here and I know people will come out here and have a good time and feel a little more connected Absolutely. And and bring kids. There are blocks to play with. (laughs) Bring your kids and bring everyone you know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Nicole. Thanks, guys.
Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Thank you.